Today on the podcast, the guys are going to close out our Brave New World series with transhumanism. We're going to discuss the origins of it and the future of it and how it could be a dangerous reality. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, warriors? Welcome to another episode of All Out War Podcast. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Steve, and we have an amazing episode for you today. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. hopefully. Steve, I have some cool news, man. Sweet. So I was, Lay it on me. All right. I was just checking some of our stats, and uh, according to our uh, data that I've received, we are being heard in 37 different countries outside of the United States. Just so crazy. Yeah. So if you include the U.S., we have 38 different nations. Now, a lot of those, a majority of those, are like one listen. So, like, you know, Korea gave us like one listen, and Finland one listen. But there's a couple of states that are showing us some love. Some nations that are showing us some love. Uh, in particular, the United Kingdom. 50 different listeners in the United Kingdom and UK. That's so crazy. Props to our brothers in the UK, brothers and sisters. Uh, we have 13. The newest was 13 listeners in Mexico. So um, I heard they were just picking us up in transmission at the border down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're trying to get up to speed. But uh, <laughs> our our most listened to state uh, nation is the Netherlands, with 76 unique listeners in the Netherlands are listening to us. So from the Netherlands, uh, or from America, we say, hello. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have a, <laughs> I have a lot of Dutch friends, but I'm not sure. Did they hear you were doing a podcast? No, I haven't told them. <laughs> I don't think they're. You don't like to tell anybody. No, not my Euro- not that uh, not my friends from when I grew up in Europe because they're all not right wing. <laughs> Most of them aren't. Well, we got to help them, man. Yeah, it's a war, maybe. right? The only That's way. To, yeah. So, um, so we missed a week. We were gone for a week because of a uh, holiday here. You know, we had our wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. But uh, so we're back now, and it feels good to be back, man. It does feel good. It felt good to turn on the mics. So how you been, man? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Had a good holiday. Uh, so, oh yeah. So did you know? <laughs> no. That uh, there's been two popes in recent history that have performed exorcisms in the Vatican. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Pope John Paul II did one in March 1982. I say, wow, that was pretty recent. Yeah, and then one in September 2000. And Whoa. This is crazy. So that one in September 2000, there was some woman being disruptive during mass that he was giving. Yeah. In like the front row. And so they like, he brought her up, like prayed with her, did an exorcism, and it didn't take. <laughs> so they, she had to get a follow up exorcism the next day. Who, who was, who was the Pope for that one? Pope John Paul II. That was, he did both of them. No. no, no. Well, he did. Who did the one in 2000? Him. Oh, he did them both. Yeah. Yeah. But, they had to get a second priest to do a follow-up. They had like one oh, of their gotcha. actual exorcists. They're like top guy. For, I can't pronounce his name. Yeah. Some Italian guy or something like that. Um, and then in May 2009, Pope Benedict Sixteenth did an exorcism in, like I guess he was holding mass on two guys Whoa. at the same time. And apparently when he did the exorcism, the two guys like flew back six feet in the air. <laughs> And then they were like cured. <laughs> that's what the reports oh, were, dude. That's, yeah. I mean, so, hey, I mean, I'm laughing only because I'm trying to imagine what that. You know, I always think of the Catholics so cultured, so like, yes, yeah. like, like they're just very, you know, um, I don't know how to explain it. Just um, like in their services, very reverent. 
you right. know and then all of a sudden some demon manifests in some guy like, and open the bar <laughs> right? just screaming how oh, you can yeah <laughs> the guy goes flying back that's like some benny hinn stuff <laughs> yeah right, right? like hits oh jesus Let the bodies hit the floor <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen that yeah benny, <laughs> that's awesome oh man uh. Dude, well, if I ever get any spiritual danger, I just I'll go call Pope John. He's in retirement. I'll call him out. Hey, man, I know the other one didn't stick, but maybe this one would. <laughs> yeah, Pope John. He, I like, even though I'm not Catholic, he was a Polak man. Pope John Paul II. He yeah. was he was like one of the good ones. One of the good ones, one, as yeah. far as I'm I, concerned. I actually have heard a lot of. Um, he was su- super conservative. Yeah, too. Th- that's what I, from from Catholics I hear that. That he was one of their favorites in the in the last you know few decades or, yeah. or well fifty years or whatever yeah. that I've been alive. But yeah, because we've only had like he's like the third pope in my lifetime. I think. Yeah, we so, won't even talk about the the one newest, right now. The one one world order dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Well, that's kind of crazy that we're talking you know about that because um, <laughs> the the evolution of of just life in general, not in the, not in the scientific sense of like biological, like evolution. Cause I don't believe in that, but uh, just the way that our culture's turning and trending. And um, so we've been doing this series, a brave new world. Yeah. And we started off with the social, um, the uh, social credit, uh, credit. The Chinese social credit system. Yeah. Which is cool. Ever since we did that podcast, I've been seeing more and more articles in the news. Yeah. Um, I noticed recently that um, a South American country is brought in a bunch of consultants from China to, <laughs> to their communist. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was Venez, was it Venezuela? Probably. I think it was Venezuela, but they were basically experimenting with the, the, the social credit um Thing. Which is really weird because Ven- if it was Venezuela, I mean, there's so many countries in South America, which this is a whole different topic. <laughs> but there's so many states down there that are just completely f- they're they're called failed states, mm-hmm. um, which is like a uh, political science term. Mm. Like you have to be classified as a failed state. You have like no w- working government, basically like Afghanistan right now or Syria. Yeah. Yeah, where it's just in flux, kind of not sure where it's going to go. It's just warlords, and there's no anything. But yeah, so it'd be funny. I, I mean, people can't afford toilet paper, and they're eating rats in Venezuela thanks to socialism. So it's funny that they're. I mean, if it is one of these countries, they're just bringing in like what? How are they going to rate them? They don't have any infrastructure. Oh uh, yeah, I know, right? So, but they have cell phones. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, know. Yeah, even it, the migrants are have cell phones. I know, thousand dollar strollers. <laughs> But. It might not be Venezuela. I don't know what nation it was. Yeah, but anyway, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so they're incorporating that. And then, so that, it's just funny how we, I feel like we're ahead of the curve just a little bit. Yeah, and we even held back, I've like we've known about that for a while, but we didn't yeah. have a podcast to talk about it yeah. on. Yeah, we used to but, just. Yeah, we're definitely. So, um, so we started with social credit, then we went on to the next one. Um, Artificial intelligence. Yeah, ar- yeah, the AI, and that was cool. And um and then and then our third one was um our population control population control that's right yeah I'm glad you remember these <laughs> yeah once we do them I forget them once, yeah me too once we hit send on the old uh, upload on the thing but uh no uh population control and and now we're gonna finish out the Brave New World series on our last topic which is transhumanism yeah and so this is a cr- this is just a weird one like to me. Yeah, uh, and I actually, when I was reading up about it a little bit, I was getting creeped out. I'm not gonna lie; it just feels weird. It feels creepy, and and it's and it's so much more than just like a weird movie that you would equate it to. Yeah, because it's reality. Yeah, and some of the stuff they're doing. 
So I, I know a lot of our listeners have no idea what transhumanism is. They, they, some people are wondering, is it like some kind of new sexual identity? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not quite. <laughs> but uh, it, so uh, even my wife was like, "Hey, what are you doing the podcast on this week?" And I was like, "Oh, transhumanism." And she's like, "What's that?" <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh. so for the sake of our listeners and anyone who's like my wife. Here's a basic definition, just yeah. so we can kind of kick it off. But, and I pulled this from transhumanism.org. They actually have their own website. But this is what they say they say, transhumanism is a way of thinking about the future that is based on the premise that the human species in its current form does not represent the end of our development, but rather a comparatively early phase. And so, um, like at the roots of it, it's like, hey, we're evolving. Yeah. They want to change humanity at its core uh from the inside out really is what i would say yeah but um they go on to say transhumanism is loosely defined a loosely defined movement that is developed gradually over the past two decades transhumanism is a class of philosophies of life that seek the continuation and, and acceleration of the evolution of intelligent life beyond its currently human form and human limitations by means of science and technology gilded by life-promoting principles and values. That was uh, Max Moore. He's one of the founders of transhumanism, or you know, kind of one of the apostles of it, if you will, right. from 1990. So basically, taking humanity in every level, whether it be health, psyche, you know, even in some regards spiritually, um, intelligence-wise, taking it to the next level, um, outside of its own natural capabilities. Yeah. And that- I was going to say, yeah, and it, it if you listen to the one about artificial intelligence, we talked about uh this thing called the singularity, which is basically the point in which um artificial intelligence uh gains super intelligence and just as like a recap, super intelligence is defined as any intelligence that is superior to humans. So, um, <laughs> for some humans, I know that's not very right. Yeah, yeah. So it's I have, not. I really... have solar calculators that are smarter than some some of my friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, that's why I, I kind of say it is kind of like this arbitrary point. But basically, when like Ray Kurzweil or these futurists talk about uh, the singularity, it's to the the point of which uh, the robots become smarter than us. And we can't really control them. And they have like this self-fixing and self-replicating. And they basically they don't need us and they're smarter than us. And uh, kind of to tie this in with transhumanism, um, basically I heard this quote from this guy. And he said, because of the singularity, like we're going to have to merge with robots or <laughs> else we will be placed in the position of being like pets or slaves. Oh. And so we kind of talked about that with the, uh, and I, I feel it r- really ties in with the artificial intelligence, uh, transhumanisms, like the other side of the coin, um, as far as, you know, so we're creating these robots are these things that are hopefully they have intelligence, artificial intelligence or whatever. And then how do humans react to that happening? So, <laughs> you know, we keep building these things, you know, it's like a pet to us that can, you know, it, it, you have to imagine it basically like you're able to train your dog. Like, you, you know, you just get a regular dog that's, yeah. you know, pretty dumb. I mean, most dogs are, they just know how to eat, sleep and, 
you know, reproduce is basically what their their whole <laughs> instincts are driven on. I mean, yeah. it's the, hum- the animal instinct. So basically, if you took like your pet beagle, um, and then all of a sudden you trained him to, uh, and then all of a sudden he was being smarter than you, and you know, telling you, bossing you around, he learned language and <laughs> was, you know. Saying, yo, like, I don't need you. Like, I can, I'm yo, actually... Yo, master. Yeah, I'm so better than you now that, like, you're going to need me. Right. And so that's basically... <laughs> so basically, when you're at that point and your dog's, like... Ruling you. Ruling you. How do you... Th- this is the attempt that transhumanism is... We need to catch up. So that the machines don't fully take over. Right. And, like, what you said from that quote, um, it does not represent the end of our development, but rather a... Com- comparatively early phrase phase yeah so yeah so we need to so they're, they're basically setting the stage of how we merge i mean this is what it is it's merging with robots merging so, with technology into produce a new uh evolution of man just an in, in, in heightened a heightened existence yeah so so many senses like i'm down with transhumanism when it comes to the area of like say uh robotics connecting for like um like limbs that have been you know, blown off in war and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, like say we have a, you know, like a, a, a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Like a veteran, like I'm down, let's develop that to make, let's make that, even if you have to do surgical, like insertions into nerve beds and things like that to, to make a hand work that has been, you know, you know, even if it wasn't from war, but just, yeah, yeah. you know, that's my whole point, but I'm down with that. I'm totally down with that. I don't, I don't think that's a big problem for me. Yeah. And I would say that's probably like I was talking with someone going over the basic outline of the thoughts from, you know, basically they asked what this podcast was going to be about and I brought it up and, uh, you know, he said, Oh yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's really interesting. I was talking about something that we'll get into later. And, uh, he, you know, he basically was saying, Oh yeah, that's really cool that they can use it for, paraplegics yeah but you know that is scary now what's stopping them from doing that with someone else right or or a different way yeah so that's kind of this i guess the the teetering on um which i guess everyone's gonna have to make their own determination where they kind of fall on it is there's a lot so maybe we can just upfront say this i think we both agree there's a lot of really good good stuff that can come out of this yeah um, as with most technologies and new stuff, there it elevates. Um, I don't want to say it in the same way that they would say it, but a uh, like think of the world for the better. How much good has come out of the internet? Right. Yeah. You know? Like we're able to access any information that we need, and we can. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking of like an extreme example of. Oh, you, uh, you're in the middle of, you know, you, you drive past someone that is in a car accident and their like legs blown off or something like that. And people, you don't know how to do a tourniquet. Like you've never been trained. You can YouTube a video really quickly to or find <laughs> yeah, out, a that's true. You know, like a wiki, how, how do I apply a tourniquet? Just show me three pictures that I can say, okay, this is where I need to do it. This is where I need to do it. And you can save someone, you know, just, yeah. that's an extreme example, but there's a lot of really good use that can come out of or being able to connect with people. Yeah. Like and, like my mom, like we talked about AI. My mom has a uh digital pacemaker. Yeah, yeah. So you can she can actually track it, track the pacemaker um with a uh, equipment and it's through Bluetooth, I think. 
I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And so they can tell, oh, it's been turning on. Your pacemaker's been working extra hard over the past three months or whatever. You know, they go in yeah. periodically and they can tell her the battery life and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's that kind of technology is useful and helpful and good. You're always going to, whenever you advance technology, especially when it's merging with human condition as <laughs> close as so, this is, yeah. you always have the moral and the ethical dilemmas. Those yeah. are the two things that are really important. And we can talk about those, you know, in a minute. I think what's important to kind of unpack is like, where does transhumanism come from? What is it all about? And and then we can talk about why it matters. And then I personally have a synopsis of how they're going to try and move <laughs> this this philosophical style and culture forward. Yeah. Okay. And I've so I've did some deep thinking. I could be way off. And if if anyone listening. Here's my synopsis or whatever you want to call it, uh, and thinks it's kooky. That's fine. I don't care. We're we're not getting paid to do this anyways. And, yeah. and you listen to this for free, so just delete it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the greatest thing about yeah. this. Or it would be better is if you reach out to us and try to talk. Correct. We'd us. like to hear. Yeah. yeah. Tell tell us your side of it. We I'd love to hear that. I don't know. We certainly you know, we never tout as experts on this. There's <laughs> no. There's only a few things that I'm I would consider myself an expert on and none of them are important enough to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> I can change a diaper. Like right. I've done that with three kids. It's pretty I'm pretty solid on that area of my life um expertly, I could say. But um so so the origins of transhumanism. It it really it's in the word and it comes from the mindset of humanistic, you know, the humanistic mindset. Yeah, the humanists. Yeah, the yeah. humanists which there's a whole side of that. We could do a whole podcast just on humanists. Yeah. But, um, you know, and for those of you that don't understand, humanism is um, an outlook or a system or a thought attaching prime importance just to the human rather than the divine or the supernatural matter. So it's sort of like, hey, we want to, we are the most important thing, humans. We are capable of everything. We can actually, re, re, we can actually reach enlightenment through our own conscience and our own self our own will yeah and i mean this was i'm just going off the top of my head i mean this is a philosophical outlook where i think it was like in the i mean you, you can go through it and there's a lot of uh philosophers and stuff like that and basically it was an outpouring against the church and yeah. uh i can't think of the term but basically there is these humanists or these rationalists that that uh went against uh everything that's spiritual. So it's basically, yeah, the human is of the most importance and, uh, you know, they're very materialist yep. in the sense of, uh, this is what we are. This is what we have. Yeah. Like con- they, <laughs> they're, they're really, they're atheists. They're spiritually atheist is what yeah, they yeah. are. So they, ha- they don't have any, they, they like, so, uh, someone getting healed, you know, outside of like a, like a mirac- what we would consider a miraculous healing from like, say, someone who has cancer, we people are praying, and then all of a sudden they come back with a negative report. I, I have an actual eyewitness of that. Yeah. Like that happened in, in a friend of mine's life. Um, she was miraculously healed of, of cervical cancer. Like no medicines, no. She got diagnosed, two different doctors. We were praying about for her about the pr- procedure, the surgery. We anointed her with oil, asked God to have mercy and heal. And uh, that she went and got another report, came back negative. <laughs> Fourteen years later, still no cancer. Yeah. So y- you could say, oh well, the the two reports were wrong. They were two independent doctors, not rela- related. Right. So what was given the false? Either she was healed or she never had it. Yeah. I believe she had it. I think the doctor's reports were accurate. 
they were pretty thorough. They did blood, all kinds of different, you know. So <laughs> that is kind of funny when you hear when you like kind of break down. Uh, just as a side note, using that example as like the humanist, that they put so much faith in science, except when science can't explain it, and they're like, "Oh, well, it, it, science was just wrong then." Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. So it's like you go to the doctors, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, you got cancer," and you go to another doctor, "Yeah, we got you use science." And the humanist would be like, yeah, all about science and the what the human can achieve. And it's all within the realm. You know, there's nothing crazy going on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something crazy happens and go, oh, well, I guess it was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff. Couldn't have been God. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't have been a higher It was just being. a human ma- making a mistake and science was wrong. Right. In this particular case, even when it's always right. Even though Romans 1 clearly states about, you know, the creator and the creation, you know, the creation points to a creator. Yeah. You know, so we always have that. To, to lean on, but so, anyways, um, so so humanists really remove God and all of that, and they believe that they we are capable, we are responsible, we are the ones that will bring us to that 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 perfected state. So that's where transhumanism kind of comes out of. And so they we they realize, like anybody that's humanist realizes that in our own capacity, we just don't have that ability. We don't have you don't have the ability to be good, no matter how much you want to be good to be ultimately good. There's always going to be a part of you that's going to stray and yeah. do something quote unquote sinful, right? Mm-hmm. Because within us and we know this through the Judeo-Christian teachings of the Bible that we have a sin nature, right? So that's going to pull us away from perfection. It's going to pull us into doing evil things. Right. Even your thoughts. You know like, oh, I may not I may not ever cheat on my wife, but I sure have lusted after a few women, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So Jesus actually said that's actually committing adultery in your heart. In your thoughts, in your heart, you have strayed from perfection easily. Yeah. In fact, you you literally live in imperfection. <laughs> right. So to think so a humanist who comes to that point where they think, Oh, I can actually achieve a better perfected life, they when they're honest with themselves, they realize they can't. So because they can't, what do they have to do? Well, we have to go to work to create something that will bring us to that point. Right. That's where transhumanism comes in. That's yeah. where we now incorporate created devices, machines, computers, chips. Yeah. Everything. And you, who knows what yeah, else? Yeah. But I was going to say, it's always about how can we achieve uh, perfection? Or yeah. because it's not using. We're not praying, you know, like computer chips and all that stuff. We're, these are all man-made things. Again, so we're using our cre- – it's almost like taking uh, – becoming this self-importance of like God, which is kind of funny because they don't believe in God. But, you know, so God is the ultimate creator. And so they're trying to, again, snub their nose at God. And we'll get into this more. But they're trying to snub their nose at God and say, oh, well, we can create things that are created – things right. that help us to you know we can create we're going to be again trying to achieve this perfection this perfected state that it's, uh, it's really a modern day and, and this is i'm gonna simplify it. it's yeah. a, it's a modern day genesis chapter 11 i was thinking the, of that exact thing yeah the, the tower of babel yeah. right Where, hey we can be god we can reach the gods we can reach god we can get there on our own and uh and the crazy thing is, is that there is tremendous potential in the human, you know, as images of God, as image bearers of God, we, 
we have this tremendous potential that's within us to create, to design, to to dream up things. I mean, think about just think about where we are as a state of our culture right now, just because of what we've been able to achieve in terms of, you know, advancements in technology. I mean, yeah. you can fly, <laughs> you can jump, you can you can go down the street from here, from our house. You can go ten miles down the road, get into a tin can, fly. All the way to around the other end of the world, yeah. get off that tin can and and get into another tin can and drive around. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we can do comp- and communicate with these people using yeah, a using, device, you know, your phone. You just pull it up and right. t- translate it instantly, and you can. Well, now they even have devices where you can put an insert in, and it's it's real time translating, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um. So, uh, th- but yeah, yeah. Then we can do things like in in utero surgeries, like 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 literally heart surgeries inside of a, a womb of a woman carrying a baby. Yeah, I mean, those kind of things are just insanely awesome. Right. But we still are not God, and this is what's this is what blows me away. Is it's like it's like having a massive box of Legos and yeah. saying we are going to build the most ultimate Lego you know creation ever. And uh, the comparison is something that was built before, and we just don't have enough blocks to do it. Hmm. Like, we just don't have enough. So, yeah. But we're lying to ourselves saying, we can do it. No, God's perfect. Everything else is, excuse me there, everything else is just imperfect and created. So we lack, we, we will never achieve that perfected state. Yeah, but I, I do want to say and kind of talk on this part that the, that I think even this whole the creative creator uh, essence that we're uh, we have the ability to create points back to being made in the image of God. Yeah, which I mean is really important because when you think about it, what is so God? You know, He makes us, and we're going to create man in our image. And one of the what is what is one of I don't want to get into too much biblical stuff we can talk about that later about what is an image bearer and all that kind of good stuff <laughs> yeah um but when you think about it what what is one characteristic that we have that is different from other animals every uh, i don't someone's going to prove me wrong and say like oh monkeys do it or something like that but <laughs> yeah um like a dog doesn't create in the same way you know what i mean so just the fact that we have this creative essence or the ability to create all these crazy things, I think points back to being an image bearer of God. And um, that is something that was, I think, bestowed when he created us. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is we can't move away from that. Right. It's literally what we were created to do was to be an image bearer of God, no matter how well or how poorly we do that. Yeah. That's what we are. Yeah. You know, it's like saying this is a pencil. No matter how good of a pencil that is or how bad it is, it's still a pencil. Right. No matter what. We are image bearers of God. That's what God created us to be. But, yeah, it doesn't if, – even if it's the worst pencil or the best pencil, it, it still depends upon the person that's writing, you know, <laughs> using it as a tool. Touche. Because it can be the worst story or the best story, and yeah. that all depends upon the creativity of the person using that tool. The pencil didn't create – that's I mean, right. we use this all the time when we talk about guns. Like a gun is an inanimate object. Right. So, yeah. Uh, do we blame the guns for mass shootings? No. Do you – and the, there's always this meme, oh, do you blame pencils for spelling errors? You right. Know? No, it's just a tool. So, again, you know, the creativity is the person 
using that pencil. Right. And, so the, the argument for transhumanism to achieve its goal, is it breaks down pretty quickly. Yeah. When you compare it to God, the problem is, is that they're coming at it from, a, from an atheistic standpoint, a humanistic standpoint of God doesn't exist. Right. And so that's, I think that's the biggest thing that I, can, I think we want to point on as, you know, we're the Christians, because, you know, we're not yeah. talking, we're, our audience, we're hopefully we're talking about this from a you know, Christian perspective. Sure. So yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that happens in the world, pacemakers and all that technology that, you know, hopefully cure for cancer. And a lot of it was developed by Christians, believe it or not. Yeah. If you want to get into this, we can start getting rolling into like the nitty gritty kind of interesting stuff. Um, so one of the things, uh, oh, were, yeah. So anyway, I'll just, I forgot whatever I was going to say and it must not have been important. <laughs> um, when you're talking about the Christians, one of these things that we, we both, so maybe we should let the cat out of the bag in this. Yeah. Usually when we're preparing for a podcast, we don't compare notes and we do our own research so that we come at it from like a cool different perspectives. Yeah. And we both stumbled across this without talking about it. Uh, Obama's Brain Initiative. Yeah, dude. What is that thing? Okay. So in 2013, I think it was in August. So today, just to refresh myself, I watched the full 15-minute speech <laughs> that Obama gave talking about it. So I suffered through that. People. People. I am. Yeah. You are experiencing because of me. <laughs> yeah. And he, t- dude, at the end, he still turned it political. It's because of me, people. Yeah. But he, he still turned it because he was like, oh, the, the tax cuts that are coming. They're talking, you know, oh, they're trying to do these tax cuts. When, and, and when was the speech? 2013. So, st- so it was during the election running time. Was Trump yeah. running at that point? No. Oh, he wasn't yet. Because no. he didn't go until... What sixteen? Sixteen. Okay, yeah. So yeah. So he Obama had just won. Okay, yeah, yeah. He gotcha. Won his second term in two thousand twelve. Okay. Um, and usually that's when you know. So usually I I don't have it. I'm talking at my butt right now, but I think usually whenever you're talking about tax cuts, especially Obama, he's going to blame the Republicans. Of course. So he's he, so of course he just turns it all. But anyway, so I suffered through this fifteen minute speech about the Brain Initiative, <laughs> and it seems very innocuous on you know the thing, but so. The Brain Initiative, BRAIN is actually an acronym for Brain Research Through Advancing Innovative Neurotechnologies. So it's an acronym, BRAIN, B-R-A-I-N. Yeah, which also contains the word brain in it. I can spell. (laughs) I mean, this is so silly. The Brain Initiative, and BRAIN stands for Brain Research. Like, (laughs) like, okay, man. You are smart. You're smart. But anyway, so- Super creative. The guy, so he goes on this whole thing, and uh, they, the basically it did. Uh, they allocated three billion dollars over ten years um, to their their goal was to map the brain, like they did with the Human Genome Project. Yeah, which was also interesting. Francis Collins, a doctor, I'm sure, crazy smart. He's actually a Christian. Yeah, um, he wrote a whole book. I read it was awesome and. Basically, what they what they were trying to do with the Human Genome Project, which they did, was sequence every single genome in the human DNA and figure out what they can, you know, what this does or what that particular point. So, so what it what it's yeah, what it's supposed to do when it's that yeah. order. Or, yeah, and so they're trying to do the same thing with the with uh, the brain initiative and do it with the brain. That's and cool. Map everything and try to figure out because we have a basic. Understanding, like in the frontal lobe and the, the back. I mean, yeah. but it's so 
Very basic. It's so basic. Yeah. And there's so many billions of electrons that, I mean, really when it comes down to it, we don't like in comparison to what the brain functions and does, we don't know anything about it. Yeah. Like we don't know where consciousness is or exists or where memories it's come that from. Pineal grand, gland or the whatever. Pineal gland? Yeah. <laughs> I call it pineal. <laughs> Open your third eye and let's do some ayahuasca and get all that stuff. Um let's do it. Yeah, but anyway, so Obama uh um, brought up and he had Francis Collins lead the brain initiative. Okay. Yeah. Well that's cool. He had picked a good guy. Yeah. So Anything, anything bizarre or actually in, intriguing yeah. out of this research? One, one of the things uh, that they did, uh, they put machines the size of molecules into a, a real human brain. What? And then using computers with sensors. How do they get it? First of all, time out. <laughs> time out. A machine the size of a molecule? Yeah. How do you even build nanotechnology that's like, how, do, how does that even it's happen? It's government. I don't know. Yeah, but how do you create like a little... How do you create little tweezers to move? Like, how does that even work? I don't know. I could super magnification. That yeah. Or, Dude, I'm so lost right now. Okay, so molecule size m- machines. So they put into a brain, and then they're using computers to scan it, and then save that data uh-huh. in the brain. This is what's crazy too. They save the data that from these scans in using DNA as the storage method. Which is totally lost now. So how do you use DNA as storage? It's actually been, this is a whole other topic that I know yeah. we're just talking about because you just heard about that for the first time. Yeah. But they've been working on trying to use DNA and organic uh, storage matter, like as instead of a hard drive, like, so this would, blow, what so, do you have to do? Like water it? You just spit, like basically you spit in a tube and you can like hold your iTunes library. You know, <laughs> like that's, what do you think about it? But that's crazy. Yeah, so that's this technology, and so doing that stuff, can't be true. No, yeah, it's true. It's oh real. man, I, I'm gonna have to research that. You that's have to cool. research, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, along with like the quantum computers and stuff like that, because that's one of the things where oh, how do we have all this stuff? So yeah, creating. So now you're starting to see people, and basically what they're trying to do, and what Obama said was, we're trying to scan the human brain, and this will be really good for. Alzheimer's, you know, yeah. we can actually look at a brain. Um, so basically, if you use the Human Genome Project, so they can look at a specific thing and they're like, oh, this is what causes um, this kind of mutation is what causes MS or something like that. So and you, they have these things called like CRISPR technology, which is a whole different thing that they're able to to Manipula- go in and manipulate, and manipulate the, the DNA yeah, yeah. and hopefully fix things because there's a lot of stuff with, you know, just drugs or these kind of things. They, they're the body's just really crazy how it reacts. So they're trying to, you know, fix a particular thing. Right. And it's kind of like a diagnosis, like like you know when they hook up those things to your car. Yeah. And they do, they do like a whole run through, like, oh, I idle it at this pace and we figure out what, like, how much air fuel mixture, all this stuff. Right. They pull pull back the data and say, oh, well, it must be this. Right. That's causing that or this. Yeah. Yeah. So they can use it as a diagnostic tool and figure out, okay, this, this particular genome yeah. or this sequence is what this is. That's crazy. So they want to do that with the brain. And so, again, this is where you teeter on, this is really cool. And this is really scary at the same time. Yeah. So basically, they're 
using these computers and little <laughs> micro things. <laughs> so they would be able to scan, in essence, uh, <laughs> Coke Zero's been hitting this. Coke, Coke Zero's making me burp tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they would be able to, you know, scan the brain of someone suffering with dementia or Alzheimer's or something, and actually see how the brain is acting during during this thing, and like how a, you know more than just a CAT scan. Yeah, and it was interesting. It almost could be like like at like continuous update. Right, yeah, like yeah. Like continual scanning, you know, because it's like a little nano thing sitting inside there scanning the whole time. So that's eventually, yeah, so... Like, that, like a pacemaker sits in. Right. And kicks in when it has to. You know, the, yeah, so that's, we open up these possibilities of right. being able to see exactly, you know, what it is. Yeah, I don't think anybody is against that. The the But one of the goals of transhumanism is... They want to extend life beyond, you know, like basically become age resistant. Right. Like, you know, okay, so, and so this is like, and this plays into like stem cell therapy and things of that nature where, you know, you can inject, you know, these these stem cells that come out of an umbilical cord that are highly aggressively growing and adapting and um, they inject these stem cells into an area that's damaged in your body. The cells that are damaged around it will begin to take the take the characteristic of the young cells. Yeah. So now they're talking about well, can we take these stem cells and inject those cells into our bodies and reverse reverse aging? Yeah, I actually found there's a foundation that is set up to completely do this. Stem cell? Uh, no, no, no. It would oh. just completely eradicate aging. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. It's called the Sens Research Foundation. You should check that out. But yeah, that's yeah. like one of these goals again. So that's when you think about merging with technology. Um, well, it's going to take technology because the natural human condition is to die, get old, and die. Right? Yeah. 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 So that yeah, so that's one of the things, and that's where you start getting into really weird uh, uh, philosophical and moral questions yeah. as to because uh, a lot of the stuff, if you start reading about all this stuff, um, it's very innocuous at the beginning. I read uh, something with this guy who was one of the first. They called them cyborgs, for lack of a better term, <laughs> where he implanted uh, a bunch of electrodes in his hand, and then he got two implants in his brain, and he could hook those up to, and he said, across the Atlantic Ocean, he could control a robotic hand using that, and he, because of the brain input, hmm. he could actually feel how much pressure he was you know, he could feel like it was a third hand. Wow. That's so he weird. could actually feel the stimulation. And he said uh, he actually implanted the same thing with his wife, and they were able to telepathically communicate with one another. What? Yeah. That's so strange. Based on, it's ba- he said it is basically like a telegram versus like a telephone call. Yeah. So it was sending electrical signals across the airways and stuff to each other. But one of the then something has to decipher it though, right? But it would be the brain. His brain automatically knows what those signals are. I guess I, because they come across the same way that a right. that a letter being written, right? You you reading a letter would be yeah, because it's all inputted into your brain. That's and, so weird. Yeah, but one of the things. But yeah, when you think about yeah, that they have to. It's kind of scary, dude. Yeah. So but, yeah, so transhumanism wants to move the human condition into these states of higher consciousness, higher intelligence, 
mood control. I was reading someplace where they want to have the ability to actually re remove memories. Yeah. And yeah. insert memories and replace. So now you're getting to the point of where reality is going to become uh, virtual and it's going to be hard to tell it in your own mind. Wait, was that memory? Did my dad really leave us or did, did my dad, did I grow up with a really healthy dad? Like he loved me and he just died in a bad car accident. You know, like why is he not around? Yeah. I was going to say, I did a lot of reading about this stuff too. And they, the first thing that they were talking about was they were able to implant false memories. Yeah into mice yeah and this this person that did it she was talking and she basically said which is very interesting when you think about again we don't know how much the how their brain works or consciousness or memory is she said that basically memory is not like a tape recorder it's more so like wikipedia where it can be edited and oh yeah and that's one of the things that makes sense to me you always hear about people when they they talk about remembering something is you don't for the most part, I I, I I might be different, but there's certain, just from my own thing, there's some things I remember about a thing, but that's neither here. That, that sounded really cryptic, but yeah. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I can remember like a smell and it'll bring you back or like hear a song. Yeah. And I, and maybe this is just goes to prove how some hubris or something, but I remember exactly what was going on at a significant point in time when. I smell lavender. I don't know. Just I'm right. just making something up. Sure, brings back some memory. But what the what the scientists and all this stuff say is that when you really remember something, you're remembering the last time that you remembered it. Wow. So, so it's it's the most it's the latest memory remembrance. Right. So you don't so actually things get left off or added to. Right. And oh so my basically, gosh. they they've been saying that memory is you know malleable and. That's so crazy. So think. now you start, you get into this weird thing, and we were talking about like, uh, well, does, there, there goes testimonies in court, <laughs> right? Well, they they've actually got a, a thing for that, which is very scary, <laughs> and this has actually already been used. I found a story <laughs> out of India in two thousand nine. All right, all right. So this was in. I'm reading from a Wired magazine. You know, wa- yeah, Wired. That's a great magazine. So they're they're good. Yeah, and it's. The Brain Police, Judging Murder with an MRI is the name of the, the story. An MRI, okay. So basically what they did, they sent in the, sentenced this woman to life in prison, and she never said anything. She didn't verbally say anything. So she never confessed to the she crime. She never confessed. She was sentenced to life in prison for murdering her ex-fiance. Um, basically, they hooked her up to an MRI machine, and I'm going to – where's the term? Uh, so they ran, they asked her these questions or they, you know, did whatever they were doing, the line of questioning or showing images and, uh, they use different techniques and yeah. stuff like that. And the brain scan that she was showing yeah, said that she revealed ex- experiential knowledge, which proved that she was a killer. So basically. <laughs> experiential knowledge. Experiential. But that's, that, that all right. So she she possessed knowledge that was that would appear to be ex, like she experienced the actual murder. Right. So then, based on the MRI, they accused her of no, they guilty. She's yeah, guilty. they didn't even accuse her. They said you're she guilty. Her. And she didn't say so. There's got to be. 
there's got to be some kind of hole in that. There can't that can't be Locke. Well, see, this is and see, this is where you're getting into some crazy like conspiracy. I don't even want to say conspiracy theory, but you start thinking about what country was she from? India. This in, India. Yeah, well, that's the, that explains it. Yeah, but he, no, so I'm just kidding. Yeah, but here so, we have no listeners in India, by the way. That's <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if they're able to recreate, you know, uh, these memories and stuff like that. And they and see this is where the, like the brain scanning stuff comes into play. You know, mapping the brain is if they're able to figure out not using because right now they don't use actual implant Im, implanting techniques. You know, aside like they don't physically go in there right with like a probe or, or some DNA oh. stored with you know something like that. You Gosh. know, so that's where you're seeing all this stuff starts to come together when they can have, store stuff in DNA. So they and then can implant it, implant it, or but right now they're able to do this stuff just using suggestion. Dude, and, think about this for just a minute. Oh, I've thought about it. For a while. Yeah, so you <laughs> but, have a nanobot with stored DNA memories somehow. Okay, I don't even know how that would work, but it goes yeah. into the it get some. You drink someone, someone gives you a drink. It's yep. in there. You drink it down. It gets into your bloodstream. It works its way to your brain by some kind of program. It releases those thoughts suddenly you have been you have committed a crime yeah. you've been framed it's and, a pretty big uh and as far as you know you can't you're, you're you would say like i have memories of this yeah so like, i must have yeah you would like you can't dispute it right and oh, oh my gosh i was listening to this talk creepy. Um, See, from, it's a creepy it's a creepy yeah thing. and they were talking about how they can recreate feelings from that you feel from watching a movie so they can recreate the feeling. So oh no, it's that's not, not even good. just the memories. That's not good. Yeah, and because you know what kind of movies. I'm, I mean, I was first. I was thinking horror movies. And who wants to recreate that? But then the other movies like porn movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. That will be the industry that drives it. Well, yeah. I guess if you can see, and if you can, if just, you could, that's just re- gross. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get just with leave. A, get we'll with just... another human. Yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> marry, have children, and, uh, and enjoy be sex. fruitful and multiply <laughs> God's command. But right. they're also talking about how they can. So this whole thing with decoding your internal speech and your internal thoughts and stuff like oh, that. Oh gosh. So so then they can remove God. They can right. they can go in and erase. You know, God. They well, can erase. They were. I remember they did this thing. It was a pretty big experiment. I remember a while ago that they said they were able to put a helmet. Basically, the, these professors are think they put a helmet on people, and they were able to just send electrical signals to certain parts of the brain to recreate a spiritual feeling. Oh wow! A spiritual feeling. So, yeah, you see this stuff, but yeah, hmm. yeah. So one of the, uh, I guess maybe we can move on from the thoughts aspect of this. But here's a really scary thought, and. That the Fifth Amendment, at least in the United States, mm. the right to you know uh, not self-incriminate, yeah, doesn't include thoughts. It's only verbal. You can't because how else the, would you... the right to the right to remain silent? You mean is that no? no well, the Fifth Wait. Amendment, uh, the from self-incrimination. Okay, uh, you gotta pull that up. Real let quick. me pull it up real quick. Uh, when you get done with that. I'm gonna let you finish, but <laughs> when you get done with that, I wanna, I wanna kind of g- go over 
how I think they're going to move this forward. Yeah. So nor uh, so it's basically no person shall be held to blah blah blah. Nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. Okay. So self-incrimination, you can't. So that would that would indicate that though, wouldn't right, it? Right, but it, they wouldn't need it. So this is where you're thinking about the government. If if they're able to do this stuff, they don't need you to self-incriminate yourself because they can just hook you up. To a lie detector. You never say a word. You never. You, never you gotta be. No. You gotta comply, though. You gotta be willing to comply. I mean, maybe if it's part of the investigate or the part of maybe if they include that in part of like the examination, like the cross examination. No, that's what I'm saying. They from, hook, like lawyers. They hook you up, and oh. you don't have to. And the, you just say, okay, you don't have to. Oh, that's horrible. And if you don't do it, then they're like, oh, well, you're guilty. You won't do it. If you're not guilty, why wouldn't you want to be? It's like taking a poly. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. So you're walking through. So eventually what they're saying, and the thing that I heard was they said within 10 years, they'll be able to have personal devices that could just scan people's brains nope. walking nope. by. You no can't, you, but here's the thing. You can't say no. Because so, they're just doing it. Well, So you, you think you're walking along a mall, right? Yeah. You're walking in a mall. Right now, your phone tracks you everywhere. Right, right. So the, they're, figuring, they're figuring out where you're going, which, yeah, which store you're going, you're how long in. you're staying at every place. So think... Just a, a raw data, just no crunching that, that, data. The yeah, but time. it doesn't. Not that. Yeah, it's following you, and you have no. You're just giving up all this information. So what about if they have scanners in there that just scan your brain and go, oh, he he liked these pair of shoes that he looked at. This triggered a send him a text. Uh, they're on sale. Yeah, something like that. So, 50% but the same off, the same way that. goes through. You're in an airport. You're walking through, and all of a sudden you're having thoughts about, uh, say you're gonna do harm. Like I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous. Like you know about your internal speech these yeah. things that they're able to decode the yeah. way you're you know they could they'll, they'll come you, you know saying security like you want to know if there's someone that's oh gotcha acting normal right. and i'm nervous actually I'm, ner- I'm nervous not because of flying but because i'm going to take down this airplane yeah yeah, yeah. so that's how they're going to bring this stuff i think for into, protection and yeah but basically the whole thing and i want to touch on this just a minute if we can is again the thing about designer designing who you want to be. Yeah. So if you're able to take away, you know, if you can, if we can map and find these parts of the brain. Oh, this is what produces depression. Right. So get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah. Numb it. Whatever. Like Mute literally it. get rid. Yeah. Get Mute rid it. of it. Get rid of. Oh, I want to feel happy all the time. We can do that. You know what I mean? How annoying would that person be? Oh God, I <laughs> would want nothing to do with those people. I mean, I like a happy person, but man, oh man, yeah, thousand watt light bulbs need to be turned off at some point. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a little that's dude, that's some crazy stuff, dude. So these are the kind of things that I worry about when you start seeing when when I hear about stuff. They're like, oh, it's really cool. And I, just to go over this really quickly, really quickly, Samsung's building software that you can control your TV with your brain. <laughs> Netflix, this is crazy. Netflix says viewers will soon be able to change a program with a stare <laughs> thanks to a new invention. A stare. It says Netflix has invented a way for users to change what they are watching by staring at their screen and sticking out their tongue. So, oh my, I can already see the marketing for that. Yeah. So, be anyways, do you hear this stuff? Happy. Yeah. Please. So, you think this is really cool and, uh, you know, stuff like that? Or because you, you think of a paraplegic. Yeah. That would be really good for them if they could. Literally stick out, stick out their tongue and change a channel or communicate yeah. or send it's, a text or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think I said Facebook was talking about doing implants to uh, 
so that you could post statuses. Yeah, no, they've already. Thoughts. Yeah, they, yeah, they've already. I think started. I said that about the AI, but yeah, yeah. So that's that's always where immediately where I go is I'm not trusting, and I think of ulterior motives and how this can be used against. Yeah. Uh, to control, and so just that kind of stuff. Just think about. Um, what, so that's all the there. like that's all the technology and the hazards and the sort of those are just some real thousand foot views of things with right. a few close ups that we took on some of those things which is pretty frightening yeah when i start thinking about it and so when i was doing this like my immediate thought is like like what's the un, like there's always an underlying um current that's that is moving through our culture that's moving towards that stuff because i all right so i believe that a lot of this stuff is inspired by by evil by darkness, by demonic forces, um, I think they're inspiring that, and um, it's mainly because it's so anti-God. Yeah. Um, but um, so I was just kind of thinking about our current culture and some of the things that are existing in our culture today that would contribute to mm. moving this this whole you know transhumanistic um, you know society in place. Yeah. Um, and so I got a few different things. The first one that I the first one that I want to point out is 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 transsexuality. And you're probably wondering like how does transsexuality have anything to do with transhumanism? Well, actually a lot more than yeah. than you would think. Um so this is probably the most significant way that our the natural order of things is really being uprooted and rewritten and dismissed in our culture today. So what we want to do is take something that God made two genders. That's yeah. it. Adam and Eve made man and woman. There's only two genders. I don't care what anyone says. There's two genders. Uh, and they want to uproot that and begin to open up a commonality of multiple genders so that there isn't this um, – so that we're, we're breaking away from traditional natural design. Yeah. You know, design. That's the best way to yeah, put yeah, it. Yeah. So we remove that design. And, uh, you know, what happens is that they have to start with the language – so we can't call people certain things. We can't label pe- people certain things, and we have to label people certain things. So they have to redefine, and so they're attacking language. They're attacking that that condition of sexuality of wh- what a person is or isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's breaking down natural given existence. Yeah. So that's the first area, and so that's where I think is a big. And that's we've been dealing with this now for the last couple years, and it just is like a locomotive. Like yeah. and most people poo poo it. Oh, let them be the way they want to be. They're a minority group. The problem is it's redefining everything. Yeah, like literally everything is being touched by this. Yeah, and it's easy. I mean, when you look at like the thousand foot view, if you can control the language, you can control the thoughts and the actions follow. Right. So I mean, that's when it's really important to realize that what is going on when they redefine when they say. Again, when you redefine marriage, you know, if it, if it's a definition is a definition and anything that is outside of that definition, a definition can't be changed. Right, right. Or else it ceases to be a definition. If it means, it has to mean something specific. And if it's not, then it doesn't mean anything. So yeah. when you change these languages, and again, it's all moving towards the self and propping up the self as, that's what it's saying is you can, okay, God made you a woman. But he messed up, or you don't think that he did it right, right? So you can do whatever you want, right? Like you can change that because you, and see, this is where it twists the idea that I think is like because we're image bearers of God, 
we have that creativity and that free will and that free will. That's so that's the... why I think it resonates with people and it clicks on some fundamental level because they're like, Oh, I am creative. Like I have the ability to create as an image bearer of God and they're twisting it. Yeah. And they say, Oh, I can create. I just don't even know if they even think about God anymore. <sighs> I, I Honestly, bet, I think they think of God when they're yelling at him and being really <laughs> mad that they can't be what they want, that they can't be what they want. Yeah. So I think transsexuality is the first step. Yeah. And that's happening, transsexualism and transsexualizing our culture and removing all of the all of the normal, you know, uh, natural, um, you know, borders that have been placed yeah. there by God. The second is they want to uproot traditional Judeo-Christian worldview. This has been a constant onslaught, onslaught attack, but this is really important because all of a majority of the technology and money is coming out of America, or we're funding it in other countries. Um, and it's highly influenced by Judeo-Christian worldview. But mainly, they want to break up the order of the family, because if you break up the order of the family and you do things like normalize divorce, you know, which it pretty much is expected in our culture today. I mean, no one—50 yeah. years ago, divorce was a big deal. Even 25 years ago when my parents—well, let's see, what is it? it more than that, it would be 35 years ago when my parents got divorced in, in, in the 80s— um, it was very, it, it was kind of, you know, like in our neighborhood, it was sort of like the rumor, like it, it was just, you know. Not super common. Yeah, it was very, it was a little bit more uncommon, yeah. And um, even though the divorce rate might be going up a little bit now, um, and, you know, there's debates on whether or not it's at 50% and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the reality is, is they normalize it. It doesn't matter what the percentage is. Now, you don't have to be committed to one man, one woman. And so now you're you're further breaking down the order and the structure of the family. This is really important because if 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 you have a family and you're a husband and you're a father or you're a mom or a wife, you have certain control over the family, over the direction it goes, what it does, how it what it what they believe, all of those things. If we break that down, now who gets control of it? Mm -hmm. Somebody else gets control of it, right? Yeah. So this is part of that societal breakdown. So divorce, uh, break down the family. I think um, t traditional marriage, the attack on traditional marriage is all part of that as well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the third part would be that they devalue life. And this comes, obviously, abortion is the first, you know, so they redefine abortion as reproductive rights, mm -hmm. which they've already done that. And, you know, um, then then the second phase of that is that they would present euthanasia as a merciful act. Yeah. And um, this is something that we're seeing more and more of now, in particular in Europe. Um, not so much in America, but it's coming our way. Yeah. I, I'm fully convinced in the next 10 years, euthanasia will be a, a normal process in America. I just think it'll be, it'll be one of those like uh, kind of things that's happening, and it'll just be happening, 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 and, and then the wrong person will die. And someone who didn't want them to die, and they'll end up suing. It'll become in the national spotlight, and then a law will be passed, and then that'll be it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what I think how it's going to play out. I mean, I could be totally wrong on that, but this is just my kind of pro pro prognostication. Yeah. Um, and so, and also, it's it plays into what our what our podcast was on population control. So if we can, can if we can get rid of the sick and the elderly, and and only bring in the wanted babies that have been crispered in the way we want them and when we want them and all that. Now we can control population. Mm -hmm. And if we can control population, guess who's got the keys, right? Yeah. So it's, it's get, redefine 
you know, reproductive stuff, get rid of the family, the whole sexuality issue is as a part of this. And then lastly, they want to just remove individuality from one another. Um, and so like from a political standpoint, like capitalism is, you know, in many, a majority of the world, unfortunately, now it's not looked at as a good thing. Capitalism is kind of frowned upon, Mm -hmm. even though it brings the most, uh, to a culture (laughs) and prosperity and ability and progress. And in fact, what's ironic about the whole thing is that capitalism drove all of this ability to have technology. Yeah, I was going to say that was one of the things that Obama said in his speech when he was talking about it. He said, he said, basically, we, we want to do this here in America because we don't want Germany. We don't want China to figure this stuff out. We want to be the first. And he said about, uh, I can't remember what he was talking about. Um, I think it was the, the human genome project, like the capitalist so he was trying to take a capitalist stance and he was saying basically for every dollar it might not be the human genome but i'm pretty sure it was when he said when we invested for every dollar that we invested into this uh, not project but this uh i guess technology advancing technology uh the research yeah i i guess for lack of a better term yeah or the whole industry Okay. Probably a better term, whatever the one he was talking about. Uh, I guess like the... The brain fund or whatever, trust or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the, he was talking about a previous one, the genome project. So I guess mapping the genes, whatever. For every dollar that they invested in that, the economy turned back $154. Oh, wow. So he was trying to say, like, basically, if we're the advancing, if we can do this brain mapping stuff and we can figure out all the medical stuff. So, you know, yeah. if, if you can only do this stuff in America... And people, rich people that can afford it, are going to come to America to get right. a cure for Alzheimer's or whatever, or yeah. you know, what, however it works. But, right. Yeah. So you can see how it funds the economy. Yeah. So so yeah so, but but I think culturally they want to paint capitalism as bad. Yeah. Uh, and and the whole reason that they want to do that is, is is greedy and so that they can control and it's a narrative that they're trying to create. They have to do that, so they have to they have to level out all of humanity, so that they can input all that they want to bring it equally up. Which, yeah, you know was, what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to say I kind of thought of this when you said they break down the break down the family, and so you know if you don't have these roles, what do they ultimately want to do? And Obama, I mean, he was a socialist. Yeah. I mean, at least when he was running, um, he was a socialist. But he so who replaces and you see this when you break down the family. So if you don't have a male provider, a man so typically the male role is that he's a provider. Right. Yeah. He goes and he hunts, he brings home the food or whatever. So who's gonna be replaced that is the government. Right. And so when you see when Obama says this stuff about, oh, it's gonna help the economy or it's gonna do this, remember, you know, you didn't build that. You know, right. So that's the government. You, you have. We gave you this money. Right. That's right. So when you develop this stuff, it's <laughs> actually the government. So yeah. Again, they're all this is going back to. They want to do this control. Uh, the yeah. state. They want the state. They're statists. That's right. And and it's all painted as we're gonna bring us into a utopia. Yeah. That's the thing. And it. Not, I'm not just talking about socialism or communism or humanism at all. But I'm talking about like transhumanism in particular. They want to bring Amer- bring humanity into a what they call p- post-human status, where we're enlightened, 
our consciences and like all of these things we're we're just elevated so greatly we can live forever yeah we have the answer is through technology and and melded in with this created human existence mm-hmm. and uh which is just terrifying to yeah. me what to think about you know the hope of a christian is what that we die that and we get, go to heaven yeah and and the promise for a christian is not that we just die and go to heaven but we get all that they want right they want eternal life they want never to get sick they want to have in, in you know unlimited consciousness awareness and all of that and you get that in a glorified body yeah. as a believer as a christian that god promises us I love that. I mean, in fact, in in First uh, John three two, this is what the Bible says. It says, "Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is." Hmm. Well, what is Christ like, and what is what what is it that He is? He is completely glorified right now. He sits on the throne. He the earth of his is His footstool. We're gonna. He's gonna appear a second time. We're gonna be made like him. That means we're gonna be brought to a a a existence that we don't currently possess. Right. And we'll be changed, and it won't be through machines. Right. You know what I mean. In fact, Corinthians, the apostle Paul talks about what the believer has deposited in them is this incorruptible seed. Hmm. So when you become a by faith, when you trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior, He seals you with the Holy Spirit marked as ownership by him. So now you're owned by him. You're not your own. You belong to God. Okay. And not only that, but deposited within you is this incorruptible seed that will eventually grow to bear fruit into eternal life. Yeah. I was going to say, just compare that to um, Revelation. I just was thinking when it, you know, he marked us. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to try to mark us as well. Yeah. They're using technology. Yeah. And, um, you know, the microchip for transactions and you're not going to be able to buy or sell. Again, this corruption of what is true and good. Yeah. It's going to be corrupted by humans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, dude. So like, there's just a couple of verses I want to throw down, yeah. right? Since, cause we're, you know, we're kind of coming to the end here. Hebrews nine twenty seven, uh, And just as it is appointed for man to die once and then after that comes judgment. Uh, I don't want to point so much on the judgment side of things, but what Hebrews is saying in chapter 9 is that it is appointed to man to die. That every human being that is born has an appointment with death, and it's at some point in the future. It might be when you're 12, it might be when you're 95, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. But God knows that appointment date. We should be concerned about the judgment, because that's <laughs> that yeah. comes after the death, but my point is, is that we, when we say we can create life eternal on earth— how pathetic is that, first of all? Yeah. I mean, Earth? I wouldn't want to live here forever. I know, right? Like, yeah. like you're never going to be able to get it to that state. There's always going to be something that's going to be a problem. It's never perfected. Right. I mean, even if we perfect—hypothetically, if we could become ageless and eternally good, just theoretically— Yeah. The Earth is still going to die, so we're going to— Yeah. I mean, the Earth is corrupt as well, well and, you know, God— Think about this too. He cursed the earth when when, it, it when man fell. So that's right. The ground is cursed. The actual ground is cursed, and, and so it, it's in a bondage to decay, as Romans chapter eight tells yeah. us. It's it's longing to be liberated from that bondage to decay, from the sons of God, not from man. Yeah, the sons of God to be, you know, to to take their place, and that's what Romans chapter eight says. And and so for me, when I think about it, I'm like, 
everything that they're trying to do is noble. It's actually, in the sense, it's what they were designed to do, what mankind was designed to do. The problem is it falls short because you're removing the one that can make it happen, which is God, which is sad. I mean, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says that God has placed eternity within the hearts of men. Hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times evangelizing or talking to people about God and Jesus, um, you'll use that to say, hey, look, you have a a part—you may not know God now personally, but inside you there's like this beacon— that's calling out to God, and it's God's placed eternity within you. In other words, there's a part of you that's made for that, and it's wanting to be in that existence. And so here's the path. It's through Jesus, right? right. Trust in Jesus. And uh, But what's amazing is that that part of them that wants to live forever, it's just misdirected. Right. It's not directed through Christ. It's through their own human effort, Right. which is just lame. Yeah. It's never going to get there. It's never going to get there, and that's what's so frustrating. But uh, also Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says that uh, there's a time for everything. There's a time to be born and a time to die. So everything under heaven and earth has a time. And so God's kind of got this sovereignty over you know, all of creation, and it's rolling through a timeline that he has. Yeah. We don't yeah. know it. You know? Well, I mean, even before he laid the foundations of the earth, right? So he pre—I'm uh, not going to use this in a way that— some people might misinterpret what I'm saying, but God predestined all of humanity and all of eternity, right? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I mean, how before can... so the 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 timeline's been set, you know? Yeah, right. So everything's predestined, and I think it's Philippians that says at just the right time, right? Christ came when we were sinners. Yeah. Well, you know, this is one of the things I was thinking of. Um, again, if by some stretch of the imagination or just like a suspension of belief or uh, rationality. Um, as a Christian, you said like, you know, what, what is our desire to be reunited with God, right? To be, because Eden's not coming back on earth, right? So we're going to be the new, you know, new Eden, yeah. right? Up in heaven. Well, so, it'll be actually on earth. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. New heavens, um, new earth, but it'll just be restored completely redone right right yeah but i I guess so there you schooled me right there but uh i mean my whole point was like there's people that i want to see that is like promise you know people in heaven yeah that have already died so if i live forever here right i'm not going to see all these people great point great what about like people my friend you know to get kind of sad or morose you're like what about my friends that have passed away or people like I would, lo- I'd love to go talk with Paul. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like just sit down and like, just talk or you know meet all these martyrs or all these people and just like. Well, or the one thing that they can't remove because it's always going to have human handprints all over it is accidents. Right. What if someone accidentally? You know, what if a machine malfunctions? What if something accidentally goes wrong? Right. And now that person's gone. Yeah. Okay, we can't raise them back to life. Right. We don't have that ability. Okay, because we don't, we cannot put the pneuma right. into it. That's that's God's possession. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's his distinct mark, right? Right. So you can't animate something once it's given up that spirit of life, yeah. you know, that breath of life. Yeah. So, like, what happens in an accident yeah. in this perfect world? But yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I mean, yeah, exactly. And what's even, like, when you look in the thousand-year reign, when, when Christ establishes his kingdom on earth for a thousand years, there still will be death in that kingdom. Right. 
even though it'll say it'll be strange for a man to die at a hundred years old. Yeah. So I think they're gonna live for a long time. <clears throat> but so when I think about what they're trying to do in light of scripture, like the Lord's already covered all this. Yeah. You you want to live forever? God's got a way. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His one only Son, so that who should ever believe in Him shall not die, but have everlasting life. Yeah. I mean, He gives you a promise yeah. right there. If you want it. His son, through his son. And I think that that you just made me think of even more, I think it's important to point out the twisting of, again, uh, maybe call it the, you know, the the eternity or the, the calling that God has placed in all of us. Again, this is where humans are twisting promises of God, you know? Cause, yeah. So again, it, I think... There's just so much more. You could say like an esoteric, you know, like behind it or a demonic thing. I I really do think that a lot of this stuff, when you start breaking it down and past, oh, this can help a paraplegic walk again. Cool. Totally. I don't think that there's that in and of itself is demonic, but there's a lot of stuff underlying this these right. things that are, I think, are demonic, and that's well, the moral ethical lines, yeah. like when you, who defines when you cross that line, yeah, and that's why they need to break down our current belief system and our structure so that they can redefine those things to put them where they want them. Yeah, what's funny is like when you're talking about like capitalism society and the erasure of individuality. <laughs> you know, when here's the first thing: uh, who were the first people to get cell phones when they first came out? Because they, they weighed, like, who would need a phone at any time? Someone rich you right. know, that needs to have phone calls. Exactly. So that's the thing is, who decides who who gets the first, who who decides, so who's going to be the first person that lives to 300? Right, yeah. Probably someone super st- stupid rich that yeah. can afford that. Who, so eventually it'll get down to a place where, you know, you would think that a you know, the pleb society, you know, as commoners uh, that aren't super rich. But, uh, you know, at first it's just going to be the super rich continually to live forever. Maybe, maybe that's what that scripture is. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean? The first shall be last. <clears throat> In other words, they're going to be the last to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the first that can afford it will be the last to die. Yeah. But the last wow. will be first so they can go up and have <laughs> Yeah. Maybe maybe my poverty my pseudo poverty no actually I'm very blessed. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> but uh anyways. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's a, it's crazy. And so it, it this is and man, I feel I feel privileged that we get to be able to talk about this like yeah. on a podcast because there will come a point in time where historically this stuff is going to be is going to come to pass at some level. Yeah. yeah. We're not prophets, we're not, you know, we're not claiming to be anything like that. We're just kind of looking at the writing on the wall and evaluating it through the lens of of theological, you know, Bible theological, you know, Christendom and and that's what gives us our end kind of result. Yeah. The one thing I do want to say is if you trust Christ as your savior, you have nothing to fear. Right. Even if the world turns against it and you know like there so the 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 church is divided into several camps in terms of the how the end's going to play out and even if you know like i hope in a rapture which is a removal of all believers on the earth before all hell breaks loose really in the book of revelation yeah 
But even if God weren't to bring us to a rapture, which I'm not 100% positive he will, I hope in it, but I, you know, I can't say definitively, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Even if he didn't, he still is going to be with me. He's mm. still going to take care of me. He's still going to provide for my needs, however that would be. And even if I were to die in that time, you know, have to live through it and die in that time period for, for trusting in Christ, the reward yeah. that you get versus what you give up, I mean, it just doesn't even well, compare. I, I mean, that's the thing is the f- the fear of death. We really shouldn't have a fear of death no. as Christian. I mean, that's where we keep har- harping back to how awesome it's just awesome in, in the purest sense invoking awe you yes. know what i mean right like it is really going to be awesome beyond yes. words how awesome heaven is i don't think we're not in a suicidal way that like oh i'm gonna go do something so that i can get there faster right you know not in that sense but uh but it's our home we just yeah. want to go home right so why like this isn't even our home i don't understand why you'd want to live here <laughs> that's, again that's my point like, this doesn't yeah. make sense i know uh, you know, so there is hope to, to get there where we're supposed but to But that is the classic, the the transhumanism, I'm convinced, man. It's eternity in the hearts of men. It's Yeah, man, just, just they, corrupted. They, it's just misdirected, yeah, yeah. And, and in a very bad way. Right. You know, but man, so we have great, this is what hope is. This is what hope is. We have hope of eternal life. We have hope of a God who won't leave us. We have a, a hope in a God that is sovereign, capable, supreme, Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Well, this is our God. Yeah. So you know, I, I heard this really good quote that was just, oh man, it's so awesome. And I want to say this about like because we're talking about joy and all that stuff. So joy is theistic optimism about life. How awesome is that? <laughs> theistic optimism, dude. Life. I love that. It's so great. I love that, man. So, I'm gonna who whose quote is that? I want to steal it. I'll tell you after the podcast. All right, cool. Yeah. Theistic optimism about life. I love that. I'm yeah. going to use that more often. So yeah. cool. Well, we hope that all of our listeners can have theos- theistic optimism about life, and that theistic uh, uh, that theistic attachment is through the name of Jesus Christ. And so we hope all of our our listeners have the ability to uh, to really understand that and come to that place where they trust in Him. And dude, transhumanism. <laughs> Crazy topic. Crazy. A lot of fun to talk about, though. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Hey, yeah. Keep on developing. Let's let's cure Alzheimer's. Let's let's fix some of these crazy, you know, things if we can do that. But uh, let's leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Rosie, it's been awesome, bro. Yeah, it has been great podcast. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed it. This has been another episode of All Out War podcast. We will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.